SIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Georgia Byrne and Father Rob Gallia, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Gospels and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. It feels weird. I feel alone, isolated at the moment. I'm by myself. This is the first uh, episode we have, the first Catholic Influencers episode ever by myself. Father Rob is here in the studio, but uh, Georgia um, is unwell today. So we'll pray for her. I know you'll listen to this after, but Lord Jesus, heal Georgia, give her comfort, give her strength during this time of need. I'm assuming it isn't COVID at the moment, but we'll pray that she'll be she'll be well and soon and fit and ready for the next episodes. So what a blessing it is to be here today. I'm here um, in my studio, in a, a little home studio. Recording for those of you who are watching through video, you can actually see little bits of this studio. This is a brand new recording studio with, which we've set up because there's a whole lot of filming, a, lo- a lot of recording that's going on. And I've been having to travel, I think it's a one and a half hours every time to get to the studio. So we move the studio closer to where I spend most of my time. And it's a blessing. Also, uh, exciting news as well that's happening. We have the Holy Week retreat coming up really, really soon. And we're looking forward to having you to join us during a whole week of prayer, a whole week of seeking the Lord. This is what we're going to talk about today during this podcast. We're going to reflect on uh, this beautiful passion of our Lord. We're going to reflect on what Jesus did for us. This is the Palm Sunday reading that we're going to read. And you have to bear with me, please, because it is a long reading. It's meant to be done with narration with different people. But here is my attempt at doing it by myself. Again, it's a blessing to have you here with us. And as we reflect on this podcast, as we go deeper into what Jesus was saying, what Jesus did for us, just prepare your hearts. Pray, ask God to influence your heart at this moment. You see, it's not just listening to this podcast, but you see what happens is when we proclaim, when we study, when we listen to the Word of God, it impacts our lives. It changes our lives. And so, Lord Jesus, we give you authority to impact our life as we reflect on your Word. We reflect on this Palm Sunday, your suffering, the passion of our Lord, that we may understand your love for us. Come, Holy Spirit, come and influence our hearts. Come and reach deep into every part of our souls. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to read the gospel, today's gospel. It's the shorter version. So um, it is long. It's 39 verses. But we'll reflect on this together. We'll, um, and I'll do every part of this, um, this gospel. So the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. This is taken from Mark 15. Verses 1 to 39. If you have a Bible, um, please feel free to, to um, or the Universalis app, um, feel free to join in with us. First thing in the morning, the chief priests, together with the elders and the scribes, in short, the whole Sanhedrin, had their plan ready. They had Jesus bound and took him away and handed him over to Pilate. Pilate questioned him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered, It is 
you who say it. And the chief priests brought many accusations against him. Pilate questioned him again. Have you no reply at all? See how many accusations they are bringing against you. Now, but Pilate, to his amazement, Jesus made no further reply. At a festival time, Pilate used to release a prisoner for them, any they asked for. Now, a man called Barabbas was then in prison with the rioters, who had committed murder during the uprising. When the crowd went up and began to ask Pilate the customary favor, Pilate answered them, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For they realized it was out of jealousy that the chief priests had handed Jesus over. The chief priests, however, had incited the crowd to demand that he should release Barabbas for them instead. Then Pilate spoke again. But in that case, what am I to do with the man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted back, Crucify him. Pilate asked them, Why, what harm has he done? But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. So Pilate, anxious to be placated, to placate the crowd, released Barabbas for them. Having ordered Jesus to be scourged, handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers led him away to the inner part of the palace, that is, the praetorium, and called the whole cohort together. They dressed him in purple, twisted some thorns into, crown, into a crown and put it on him, and they began saluting him. Hail, King of the Jews! They struck his head with a reed and spat on him, and they went down on their knees to do him homage. And when they had finished making fun of him, they took off the purple and robe and dressed him in his own clothes. They enlisted a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, father of Alexander and Rufus, who was coming in from the country to carry his cross. They brought Jesus to the pl place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he refused it. Then they crucified him and shed out his clothing, cast lots to decide what each should get. It was this third hour when they crucified him, the inscription giving the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And they crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. The passers-by jeered him. They shook their heads and said, Aha! So you would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Then save yourself. Come down from the cross. The chief priests and the scribes mocked him. Among themselves, in the same way, they said, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let Christ, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now for us to see and to believe. Even those who were crucified with him taunted him. When the sixth hour came, there was darkness all over the land until the ninth hour. And the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you deserted me? And when some of those who stood by heard this, they said, Listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran and soaked the sponge in vinegar and putting it on a reed, gave it to him to drink and said, Wait and see if Elijah will come to take him down. But Jesus gave a loud cry and breathing his last. And the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The centurion who was standing in front of him 
had seen how he had died and had said, In truth, this man was the Son of God. Wow, wow, wow. Let the background music play a little bit here, um, but this is this is so beautiful that Jesus died for us on the cross. And Lord Jesus, I just pray again that you allow us to understand the ramification of this, your death on the cross. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you speak to us. We thank you, Lord, that even your word is enough to influence the change, to make us whole. Lord, I just pray that you send your Holy Spirit upon us as we explore your life, death and eventual resurrection so that we may allow you to work in and through us. I praise you, Jesus, and I worship you. Amen. So let's talk a little bit about the context in which we, we read. We read the Gospel of Mark, and sometimes we, we read through the Gospel, we read through what Jesus has done, and we read through this, and we don't actually understand the context in which this has happened. Now, this time last year, I gave a whole explanation, so you can look it up. I was co-hosting with Danny at that time, and we talked about the particular suffering of Christ, how he suffered. But this time, let's talk a little bit about the Jewish side of things, the way people would have seen it, okay? Because this was a whole conspiracy. This is what actually was happening. The, people, the Jewish people didn't like Jesus. They, he was in the way. He was disturbing them. He was disturbing their agenda. And so they meet as a Sanhedrin. They meet as a, a Jewish leadership. But they want to, not only to punish him, not only to jail him, because they knew that some way, somehow, he'd get out of jail. But they wanted to kill him. They wanted a death penalty. But they knew that they couldn't kill Jesus because they weren't allowed by the law to kill Jesus. Thou shalt not murder. That was the Jewish thing. But they thought, oh, in their malice, they thought, oh, we cannot kill anyone. We're not allowed to, to murder someone. But what if, like, the, we get the Romans to murder him, then we're not guilty. But how how crazy this was. It was all, as I said, it was all malice. You see? and But the thing is, if they wanted to bring it to the Jewish, the Jewish people wanted to bring it to the Romans, they had to be clever about it because, you see, the Romans would never kill someone for religious reasons. They would kill someone for political reasons. So they started to move away from the argument that he insulted God, but and they started to argue that he was perverting the people and forbidding them to give tax, which was all rubbish, which was all a lie, an absolute lie. But they would do, they were seeing red, you see, and this is sometimes with us, we can point at the Jews and things, but sometimes we see red and we do anything, anything sometimes to get our way, even if it means to do things that we deep down know are wrong. And so the Jews knew, and Pilate knew, though, that he was innocent of the particular charges they were bringing to him. And so these guys, they, they drag Jesus, they take him to, to, um, to be trialed, to be killed. And, but th th there were other crowds gathering. Now, historians say that this was a time, of course, that when there were a lot of people in, in Jerusalem, but there was also a crowd gathered there for Barabbas. They say that there, were, there was a group of people, um, powerful people, who wanted Barabbas to be released because he was a big rebel, he was a big political figure, he was someone who was almost a messianic figure but was doing what they thought the Messiah would do and that was freedom from the Roman Empire. 
And so they would gather there and they were just there protesting. And at the same time, Jesus is coming in and is arrested at the same time, this time where they release a prisoner. It was tradition that they would release a prisoner at the time. And so crowds gathered so that this prisoner that they released would be Barabbas. But Jesus is arrested coincidentally, and I, I suppose the Jews would have thought this is God's hand, you know? God sent that people wanted Barabbas to be released. And so Jesus is arrested and he's condemned to die, but they free Barabbas. And you, you know the story, this is, this is what happens. But Jesus, Jesus is brought, to, these accusations come against Jesus, but Jesus is silent. He's silent. Now, when I was reflecting on this um, silence of Jesus, I, I started to question, Jesus, why were you silent? Because he's clever. You know, Jesus is more clever than any of the philosophers. He could have had a really good argument to be set free. And as you heard in the scripture, Pilate had the power to set him free. So why was he silent? It's not because it was fate, it was destiny for him to die, so I might as well stay quiet. Because no matter what I say, I'm going to die anyway. No, I think it was th that silence, you know, that stillness that Jesus had was, was a silence of a broken heart. The silence of, of grief, the silence of tragedy, that silence where there are no words to, to say because your heart is so broken that you're so lost. And sometimes, you know, I, I imagine myself sitting with Jesus in those moments of silence, I imagine myself sitting with Jesus in a moment of, of tragedy, of brokenheartedness. Because I too experience that, and I know you do too. You experience moments where your heart is broken, where you have no words, not e even words to speak to God about. And just to sit with God, to sit with Jesus. And I go before the Blessed Sacrament, and I just imagine... Jesus standing there in silence before his accusers. And he's just quiet, brokenhearted that people around him, the people who, through all those palms, who were worshipping him just a few days before, now have turned their back against him. There were no supporters of Jesus in the crowd, just haters. And that's all the voice he was hearing, the voice of hate. And so true sometimes with us, hey, some, at least with me, you know. I get a thousand compliments on social media, but sometimes I get someone who's critical, someone who's angry, someone who's upset with me. And the only voice you tend to listen to at a moment like that is the, the voice of criticism, the voice of hate. And I, I just imagine Jesus, I just sit with Jesus at those moments and I say, Jesus, I just want to sit in silence with you. I want to sit in 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 this brokenness with you with this broken heart and i see just the beauty of jesus suffering with us even in this moment and so jesus that there there begins the suffering you know the the the, the broken heart and then jesus is taken with this broken heart and is shoved out and he's he's taken okay let let's Pilate tries to discount his his suffering he's doing what he can to stop the suffering and to stop Jesus from dying. And so he sends him to be flogged. He sends him to be whipped. And so the scourging at the pillar happens. And he's tied to the pillar. He's bent forward and he, 
someone comes to whip him. Now, understand this, that people died from this. This was also as a torture instrument to kill people because they would bleed so bad that they would die. And not only they would die, and if there are children in listening to this, maybe you should block their ears, but this is what it was. It was a piece of wood with a handle. Then there were, there were ropes, pieces of rope, several pieces of rope, up to eight pieces. And at the end, there was, a, there was like a, a bone of each one. Now, there was a bone in the shape of a hook. And what it would be is with all their strength, the, the soldiers would whip the, the person, the victim. And this, these bones would just grab into the flesh and they'd rip the flesh apart. And sometimes they'd go deeper and deeper. The same flesh that was ripped out, another bone would grab into the same wound and the same wound. And sometimes people would die because, you see, it would grab onto an internal organ and rip that organ out. Sometimes it would rip a, a, a vein, an artery, and they would bleed to death. So it was ridiculously painful. It wasn't just whipping with a rope. It was ripping the skin, the flesh apart. And so Jesus was taken with, with ripped skin, and then they put a crown of thorns on his head. To make fun of him. They said he was the king of the Jews. They didn't do it to other people. But they did it to this guy. Because you know. He said he was the king of the Jews. Hey one of the, the soldiers must have got a clever idea. Let's put a crown on his head. And it, just the thorns. The poison. You see. the, the oh, I often think of the thorns. Maybe poisonous thorns. You know. The, and they're, they're placed into the, into the head of Jesus. Also a symbol. You see. Two symbols we just talked about. The first symbol. The scourging of the pillar. Isaiah says, by your stripes, I am healed. Those wounds, those are the stripes of Jesus. You know, the stripes of, of, of the scourging. But also the crown of thorns. The poison that went into his brain, into his bloodstream. From those thorns. He took the poison of our brain. Our own depression, our own negative thoughts, our own anxiety, loneliness. And you know what? Sometimes we blame the soldiers. But the soldiers were... It was a systemic problem. You know, it was a corrupt problem. You know, we hear this in police forces. We hear this in, even in the church. There was, there was abuse of power. And this is what the soldiers were doing. They didn't know Jesus from a piece of bread. They didn't know Jesus. Who Maybe they had heard of him. But they weren't maltreating him because he was Jesus. They were maltreating him because they did that to everyone. And so, you see, the guilt was still on the Jews here. And so they started to make fun of Jesus. And they said, oh, you're the, you, this guy says he's the king of the Jews. Wait, wait, let's see this purple robe. And they put a purple robe on his back. Now you think it's just a purple robe. But you see, a purple robe was a heavy robe because it would have been a very expensive robe. Only royalty, only rich people could afford purple. I don't know where they got this from, but they put this on his shoulders, on his back. Now his back was already ripped to pieces, torn. So, and not only that, even before, before they ripped his skin, his skin was already so tender from, from Gethsemane, you know, the sweating of blood. If you sweat with blood, and this is a medical condition, your skin is like you can't even touch it. And then it's ripped to pieces, and then a crown of thorns, and then this purple robe on his back. This was crazy. This was just so much torture, physical torture. And so Jesus 
is taken and and he's he's taken to carry he's carried his cross and the patibulum which was the the top part of the cross he didn't carry as we see in films you know like the the the, the whole cross he just carried the the horizontal part the bar over his shoulders again those shoulders that were ripped to pieces so tender and so sore and all fl open wounds and he's carrying this piece of wood and the soldiers could see that he was in too much pain he couldn't take it and so they see literally they see this colored this black guy simon of cyrene and maybe it was a racist act maybe i i don't know but i can only see what 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 i'm seeing in the scripture you know and he was for this guy was from africa and they grabbed this guy and they threw him towards jesus and they they told him you carry the cross and you can imagine simon of cyrene how angry he was he was there he was trying to seek god he was there on his pilgrim way, he stopped and all of a sudden they called him out of all people and they pushed him to help Jesus. And he would have been angry at the Romans. He would have been angry at Jesus even. I was minding my own business and now I have to carry this for you. And it's all blood and it's all disgusting and it's all... I, I don't want to be part of this. I'm just a tourist here. And so he carries this cross of Jesus. Uh, but you see, this is what's interesting. Yeah? And I, I imagine he would have just wanted to put the patibulum down and then walk away. But I'm sure something happened to Jesus. In fact, there's a biblical evidence that something did happen to Simon of Cyrene. You see, the scripture today, for no um, coincidence, says this, that he was, um, if you read this again, he was, the, 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 his children were Rufus, and I forgot the name of his, his children, but one of them was Rufus. Now, first of all, why would the author know that he's the name of his children? So they probably knew him after. So something must have happened, you see. And in Romans, it says this. Um, it says um, that Romans 16, verse 13, you can check this. It says this, I, I would like to greet Rufus. So Rufus must have become a Christian, <laughs> And I'm sure it was because Simon of Cyrene had become a Christian. He must have seen something. Father of Alexander and Rufus, that's what it says. And he must have seen something in Jesus. Something must have struck him. And he says, this guy is no ordinary guy. And so he looked into it. He made friends with the disciples. And that was a conversion moment. You know, the scripture says that I that will raise up my cross and I will draw all men unto me, all people unto me. And that's what happened. You see, he was raised up on the cross, and all of a sudden Simon of Cyrene was was drawn to him. What a beautiful moment. I don't know. It just, just drives me nuts how, when I think of how, how amazing God is. You see, in the darkest moment, and I'm sure Jesus wouldn't have been thinking that at that moment. He's just, in a sense, trying to get to the cross, trying to obey the Father. But even in that moment of, of desperation, he still draws people unto himself. And Jesus carries the cross and he's nailed, he's stretched and he's, he's nailed to the cross. And that was a torture, of course, in itself. Just being nailed to the cross and his feet tied and nailed. Now, to understand the cross, you have to understand the torture instrument of it. You know, he was nailed not on his hands, because if it was the palm of his hands, it would have ripped out. But it was nailed again in, in, on his wrist. There's a, a, a tendon there, a bone there that can keep you. And so he was there, and every time he stood up to breathe, it would turn, and that would just cause excruciating pain. 
and then he would exhale and it would turn again downwards. And so the pain was constant and sometimes people would spend up to one week, one week on the cross. And so they'd try, literally people who had been there on the cross, they'd die of hunger, they'd die slowly of thirst and even go mad, they'd go crazy. Now Jesus had already been um, tortured before and so he didn't last a week. But you see, this was it was a very terrible instrument of torture. And you know that put a seat for for the person to sit down. And it wasn't for comfort. You know why they put that seat there? It, it, you see, they tied they crucified their hands and their, their feet. But the seat was there so that they couldn't suffocate themselves. You see, because if you were down, if you went down, you couldn't breathe. And so people wanted Basically, after a day, two days, they would want, even after a few hours, would want to put themselves out of their misery. And they'd be going crazy. And so that seat was put there so they couldn't kill themselves. They couldn't, they had to, they had to die this, this slow, torturous death. What a horrible death. But Jesus died this way for us on this place of skull. And then the, the bo bodies, you see, it was different. Jesus' body was pulled down. And it was put in a tomb, but for many people, they stayed. They stayed on the cross, and and vultures and dogs would eat their bodies very often. That's why it was called the place of skull, because there were skulls scattered around. For decomposed bodies would just lie there. It wasn't cleaned up, and so it was a real horrible place. And Jesus is there dying on the cross, and he doesn't take the wine. He's offered wine. Why didn't he take the wine? Well, because he didn't want to numb the pain. You know, his, he didn't want to render his soul clouded. He wanted to give his, be generous with God, unclouded, un, undistracted. See, this is our suffering. He took on our suffering. And he took it on intentionally. And he was there for us. He was, and this is, our, again, sometimes with us, when we go through suffering, we... We tend to numb ourselves, to cloud ourselves with addiction, with sin, with alcohol, gambling, lust, lustful actions. And God just asks us just to sit with him at the cross in our suffering, in our temptation. I just want to say this, you see, being tempted is not the same as sin. You can be tempted and that's okay. The sin is when we give in to the temptation, when we decide to numb the pain when we decide to numb and, and cloud the, the emptiness that we feel inside with things that separate us from God. Sit with God, stay with God, stay even in that loneliness and that suffering. Behold the wood of the cross. And Jesus was crucified between two thieves. How beautiful. What a beautiful symbol of, of how he lived his whole life. Even on at the end of his life, he was in the company of sinners. And thank God for that, because God is in our, in, in our company, and he loves us. Jesus died on the cross for you. He died. He gave up his, his spirit, you know, and, and he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it wasn't only death, but it was, it was separation from God. He identified with our sin, even though he had no sin. And what sin does is it separates us from God. And so he took the, the effects of sin upon himself. And that would have been the greatest torture. 
not that he was dying physically, it was that he was separated from the father whom he loved so much. He couldn't, and he's crying out to God, my God, my God, Father, why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? And we know the answer. It's because of sin, because he took his sin upon us. I can talk, eh? I, I tend to talk a lot. I'm sorry for those of you who are being um, having to take in so much. I hope you have your notepad and are taking in a, a, some notes. But this is the beauty of, of Easter. This is the beauty of Holy Week, that where we can turn to the Lord, knowing that he loves us. Um, I'm just going to just play a little um, ad here about our online courses. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and learning more about your faith, have you considered enrolling into our online courses? FRG Ministry online courses cover teaching, devotional and practical elements of the Catholic faith to help individuals, teachers, students and parishes across the world grow in their faith and understanding of the Catholic Church and their relationship with Jesus Christ. All courses include high-definition videos with expert and engaging speakers, testimonies from everyday Catholics and downloadable content including interactive PDF guides, prayer cards and phone wallpapers. Online courses from FRG Ministry are also accredited for professional development for Catholic education staff in Australia. Titles include Knowing Mary, School of Prayer, Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, Introduction to the Bible and more, with new courses being added regularly. For more information about enrolment and subscription options, head to courses.frgministry.com. Feels a bit weird, and uh, this as we're heading over to Holy Week to say a dad joke. But it's what we 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 will say a dad joke anyway. God is good. Why can't a nose be twelve inches long? Because then it would be a foot. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so. Today we're talking about Saint Monica. Saint Monica, a great saint, a saint who's close to my heart. She reminds me too much of my mama, my mama who prayed for me for such a long time, also praying for my dad for such a long time. Um, she's a, Saint Monica was a warrior. She was someone who knew the heart of God. She knew the destiny of her son, Saint Augustine, and that was to love and to serve God, whom we know as one of the greatest saints, philosophers, theologians. And it's because of the prayer of her mama, of his mama. And so Saint Monica is known as a person who's a warrior, someone who's praying for those who are not converted. She was born in Algeria. She was the mother of St. Augustine, of course, and she prayed, 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 prayed so perseverantly. The scriptures, Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door will be opened. But actually the Hebrew, the, the Greek word is not ask, seek and knock. Keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. And St. Monica, a beautiful patroness who prays for us and reminds us to persevere. And so we ask for her intercession. Saint Monica, pray for us. Okay, so next we're going to... Topic of the Week. Okay. 
Okay, so this week we're talking about Holy Week. What is so special about Holy Week? We are approaching Holy Week and this is a great opportunity. You see God throughout the year and the, the church gives us moments where we can service our souls well like we're servicing our cars you know you can't just do it every few years if you're using your car you need to service it regularly and lent is such a moment advent is such a moment but the holy week is that moment where we make sure we get everything ready it's a time where we gather as a community wherever possible and this is just a reminder also that we have our online retreat Make sure that you've registered for our Holy Week retreat, especially those of you who are in lockdown. We'll have times of adoration, times of prayer, um, times of um, or the examination of conscience. We cannot have, unfortunately, confession on online, but uh, there's opportunities for us to turn our hearts to the Lord and the whole Triduum as well, which I'll explain what it is. So if you'd like to register for that course, go to courses, sorry, that retreat courses.frgministry.com forward slash register. We have well over 2,500 people joining us for this retreat from all around the world, so you don't want to miss out. So what is Holy Week? Holy Week is the last week of the season of Lent. It's a time of prayer and preparation for Easter. It starts with Palm Sunday, which what we're preparing for today, what we read about today, what we um, prepared for um, the scripture reading today. And it starts with Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem and people who worshipped him. And then it goes to the Passion. And, we, and this is the time where, as we, after the triumphant entry, the church focuses on and lives with Jesus and goes through the actual journey liturgically and also, also devotionally, um, through, um, goes through the suffering, the Passion of Jesus. And we do that through Stations of the Cross. Again, online retreat. We're going to do that. Rosary, online retreat. Adoration, online retreat. And then confession. Again, go to confession. Go to confession. Because this is a time, again, where we get to purify our hearts, our minds, our souls. If you haven't already got to there. And hey, even if there aren't um, confession times organized, make an appointment with your priest. At least I know that's the culture in Malta and in Australia that you can actually ask the priest, hey, can I meet you for a confession? We're more than happy to do that, okay? It's never an inconvenience. Then, towards the end, we have what we call the triduum. Uh, you can repeat after me, triduum. <laughs> That's, uh, it means the great three days, and it starts with Holy Thursday. It's, that's usually an evening mass of the Lord's Supper where you have the washing of feet, and Jesus reminds us that this is what it's about. It's about service of one another. Scripture verse, as I have done for you, you should do also, reminds us again that we're called, like Jesus, to serve one another, to lay down our life for each other. And I, I love Holy Thursday because it's, it's the, the celebration also of the institution of the Eucharist. We recall Jesus instituting, actually giving us the Eucharist. And it's a time also where the priest renews his vows. So even throughout this um, retreat again and a Holy Week. We will have online masses. We'll have the whole Triduum online. Um, I'm going to renew my vows with you as well as a priest. Um, my commitment to serve the Lord and and this is you pray for your priests, especially on Holy Thursday, because it is a day where we again lay down our lives as priests and and remember the vows that we made, recommit ourselves. 
And then it ends with silent prayer and adoration. Again, online retreat courses.frjministry.com forward slash retreat. Register and join us for this time also where we'll have adoration together and worship together. That's Holy Thursday. Then Good Friday. Good Friday we have the, the crucifixion and the death. We venerate the cross. And I know, again, we cannot do that because we're away um, but in many places, in many countries. But where we go to kiss the cross, where we go to adore the cross, to love the cross. Because Jesus, you know, and this is one of the things I do. I do that often and I sleep with a crucifix in my hand and a ro or a rosary in my hand. Um, but when I'm praying as well, you know, hold the crucifix, hold the crucifix, especially this holy week. Just to remember what Jesus has done for you. Then Holy Saturday, we start to reflect and wait. We wait by the empty tomb. No, you don't need to hear anything. You don't need to see anything. But just sit with Jesus in the emptiness. That's also a prayer. Lord, you know, sometimes we don't feel anything. And they say, Father, I tried praying, but I don't feel anything. That's okay. Just continue to sit by the empty tomb. That's Holy Saturday. And then we have the Easter Vigil on Holy on on Easter uh, on the in the evening Easter vigil and where after we're sitting and wait we rise then we ring the bells and we sing the Gloria for the first time you, you notice throughout all of Lent we didn't sing the Gloria and now we finally sing the Gloria because we have the hope of salvation you know Jesus is risen from the dead and we can use the A word again or the H word whatever it is but we're still in Lent and Holy Week so we won't say it for now. Um, I, I, it's not a swear word, <laughs> it's a holy word, but we don't say it in Lent. Okay, so it's just been, um, I survived my first podcast alone. And what a blessing it is to have you here. Just a few things before we finish off here. The production of this podcast would not be possible without the support of our donors and ministry partners. If you've been blessed by this podcast, please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a one-off donation or becoming an FRG ministry partner from just $5 per month, as well as enabling FRG ministry to impact hearts across the world through the creation of online resources and outreach programs. As an FRG ministry partner, you will have access to our rewards program where you can receive exclusive benefits and content to help you continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information about becoming an FRG ministry partner, head to frgministry.com slash donate. So thank you so much for joining us for this um, Catholic Influencers podcast. Again, a reminder to be in touch with us. Go to at Catholic Influencers underscore on social media, on Instagram, Facebook. Find us Catholic Influencers, Cath Influencers on Twitter. Make sure you have registered for our online retreat courses.frgministry.com forward slash register. Also, if you'd like to, you need prayer. Just go to frgministry.com forward slash um, church online and click on request prayer. We would love, we would love to hear your testimonies, your stories, what God has done in your life, even through this ministry. We love to hear from you. So God bless you and please be in touch. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>